turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to jump around to a lot of scripture today. And um, I, I, I've got a lot of points that I want to try to make. So if you're taking notes, which I encourage you to, then please get ready to take notes. I want to just thank all of the parents with kids. You know, we will be opening our children's ministry soon. Everybody say soon. soon. We're opening up our children's ministry very soon, as soon as we can. Um, but that's why I've been trying to do shorter services in the meantime while the kids are here and things like that. Just to try to, um, you know, accommodate everyone. We want to make sure when we open our children's ministry, we can do it right. How many of y'all know that that's important, that we do it right? And um, kids are a big part of Family Worship Center. We minister to the whole family. And so when we, uh, when we bring the kids back, we want to bring them back right. In the meantime, we have been doing Celebration Online episodes. So that's a full kid service online. Episode 16 is airing right now. And uh, you can catch it on Facebook and YouTube when you get done with the service. Now, every children's service. Y'all say this with me. Say every service. If you're watching along with us today or you're watching this message back, you're listening to the podcast and you have kids. Go online to our website. Go online to YouTube or Facebook. Subscribe to our channels. Follow us on Facebook because every week we release a kid's episode. And every one of those episodes has a secret code. Y'all say secret code. Now, most people don't know what the secret code is. It's secret. But if you figure out the code, you get 20 Bible bucks. Right, TT? Oh, you got your codes? You ready? You want to tell Miss Natalie? If you go tell Miss Natalie, the store is still open. All right, so I've encouraged my wife to open the store for you. So if you kids um, come and you tell her your secret codes, feel free to raid her store. All right, and y'all go shopping with your Bible bucks after the service, okay? Amen. Are you in Hebrews chapter 11? Y'all see it on the screens. It says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I spent a few weeks talking about the keys of the kingdom, and on Wednesday nights, our services have been great. We've been talking about the prayer of faith, and praying in faith, and believing in faith. And, and so, I wanted to come today from a different side of faith. I actually heard my pastor, Pastor Steve M. in Florence, preach um, along these lines. And so, it inspired me, and, and uh, I've, I've added some thoughts to it today, and I'm going to put it all together with a sermon that I'm calling, God is on your side. We all say that when we say, God is on your side. I started this past week coaching flag football, which y'all can imagine how that's going during coronavirus. You know, you're supposed to be socially distant playing flag football. It's crazy. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're trying to figure it out. We're, you can't block, you can't touch. The only thing you can do is pull a flag. So we're going to try it. But the YMCA asked me to coach, and so I'm going to coach. Well, it's I'm coaching 10 and 11-year-olds, which is great because last season I coached Six and seven-year-olds. Now, if you're a parent, you know that a six and seven-year-old and a ten and eleven-year-old is a stark difference, great difference. So last season, I, I had I had no direction. I had no I, I had no support. I mean, these kids would just kind of do whatever they wanted. And if if we got a touchdown, if we if we if we got going in the right direction, it was cool. Because the 10 and 11-year-olds, man, they came out there, everyone had played before. They knew plays. They knew positions. I mean, we went from zero to 60 real quick. You know what I'm saying? I, I was able to come out there on Thursday with them, and we were running plays by the end of practice. Well, when I was coaching the 6 and 7-year-olds last season, man, we barely got to run the plays during a game. I mean, it was, just, it was just different. But one of the biggest things that I had to teach the 6 and 7-year-olds 
is knowing who's on your team. Now that may sound crazy, but they're, they're young and some of them have never even played any sport, much less football. So they had to learn what it means to be on a team and that these guys with the same, like let's say they were wearing blue flags, that everyone that has the blue flags and the blue jersey, they're on my team. They, they, had, they didn't understand that concept, that these guys are on my team and the red guys are on the other team and I'm playing against them. Now after a few games they've gotten, of course, but some of them had no, they just, had, they just could not grasp the concept of, okay, wait a second. I'm on the same team with these guys, and we're moving the ball that way, and the red team is trying to stop us. But once they got it, then they can play the sport at a higher level. Does that make sense? I think that Christians sometimes forget that God is on your side. That may sound, that may sound absurd, because you wouldn't actually probably say that. You wouldn't say God is against me. But sometimes we say things and believe things and hear preaching and hear stuff said and your, your grandpa, your grandpappy said something and your aunt uncle said something and, and you heard some preacher growing up say something and you got this stuff in your spirit that's not actually biblical. For instance, some people believe that God beats you up to teach you up. They believe that, that God will put you through things, bad things, in order to bring you closer to him. I don't believe that. I believe that if God wants to be closer to him, then I'm just going to get closer to him. And he does. Some of y'all know that. God wants you to get closer to him. Draw, we talked about that Wednesday night. The, the Bible says, draw close to me, and I'll draw close to you. When you draw close to God, he draws close to you. And so sometimes we, we hear these things and we don't even realize. For instance, we'll say things like, oh, well, you know, um, um, well, I'm just uh, waiting on, like, for instance, we'll say this. We'll say, well, if it be God's will, and we're talking about something that we already know God's will on, we'll say, like, well, um, I, I pray you get better if you're not feeling well. We'll say, man, I really pray that you're, that you're feeling better. I'm believing with you. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting you to get better to, to, for the healing that God's word talks about to come over your life. And they'll say, well, if it be God's will, what is God's will for you to be healed? You don't have to ask him. You know it is. Now, if it's God's will for you to move to Kansas or not, that's something we ask God's will. But for for healing or for, well, I, I mean, I'm just hoping that I make it next month and I'm able to pay my rent. Well, God's word says, beloved, I wish of all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. We know that it's God's will for you to, to have your needs met next month. You don't have to wish or hope or wonder about that. We walk in faith. And so we've been talking along those lines. But today I wanted to come behind because sometimes people make this statement. They'll say, okay, well, God didn't make me sick, but he allowed it. And they'll say things like that. They'll say uh, whatever kind of catastrophe, maybe even coronavirus. They'll say, well, God allowed it. God permitted it. So I wanted to talk today about some things that God permits. I wanted to clarify, based on God's word, some things that God permits to hopefully clarify this topic for everyone. Because I want us to grow. And this was something that I had to grow in when I started um, attending uh, a word of faith church like this, hearing a message like this, it was a little different because I grew up in a denomination that taught the, the opposite, what I started with. They, they taught me that, you know, um, God was good on Tuesday, but on Thursday he might be wanting to teach me a lesson. But see, God's word tells us that he, he sent his word for reproof. So how do I get corrected by God? By his word. By his spirit. His spirit will, will prick me, will deal with me. You know, but he doesn't um, want me. He, God is not a child molester, a child abuser. God is not a child abuser. 
Y'all say that with me. That may sound silly, but say it with me. Trust me, you need to get this. Say, God is not a child abuser. What do you mean? Well, if I wanted my child, and I do, I want them to not touch the stove. How many of you want your children to touch the stove? Anybody? No, you don't. How many of you want your children to run in the street? Nobody. How many of you, now, now all of us should raise our hands on this one. How many of you taught your children, don't touch the stove, don't run in the street, don't, 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 you know, right? And we teach them those things. So that's good. Okay. Now, how many of you, just to make sure they learned that the stove was hot, turned the stove on, grabbed their hand, and put their hand on the stove? Anybody? No, you would go to jail. I mean, and I'd be the first one to call and say, um, excuse me, I think I've got a child abuser going to my church. They burn their child's hand. We don't, we don't do that. Why? Because it's, it's crazy. We, we, we want our children to know that the stove is hot. We teach them over and over again, the stove is hot. Do not touch the stove. When they get near the stove, we, we, we put them away. We, we, we shun them out of the way. I mean, when my wife and I are cooking, we have to do a tag team effort. We've got little kids. Hey, you keep the kids out of the kitchen. I've got to open and get the pizza out. And we t- we're teaching them, stand back, Madison, the oven's hot, baby. It'll burn you. It'll hurt. Ouch. Ouch, Madison. We say these things because we're teaching her the oven's hot. The stove is hot. We're teaching her. But I'm not going to just let her. Now, come here and touch it, Madison. Come on, stick your head in the oven so you can see how hot it is. No, that's absurd. But sometimes we think, and, and you may not think that today, but you may have a neighbor, a relative, a friend, somebody who thinks that, that God meant, well, he just let my marriage fall apart so that I would get closer to him. No, he did not. No, he did not. I'm going to clarify that today, and I'm going to help you. Number one, God permits, God allows, God permits consequences. God permits consequences. Galatians 6, 7 says this. Do not deceive, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Do you see that? Galatians 6, 7. I think I should have it there, guys, if you want to put it on the screen. Galatians 6, 7. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. There are consequences to the things that we do. From, from the beginning of time, God set something in motion. It's called seed, time, and harvest. Genesis, we learn about that. When you plant a seed, when you do anything, anything in life, you're planting seeds. When you leave here today and you open your mouth and you say something, that's a seed. When you um, um, give your time, talent, resources, that's a seed. When you don't, that's a seed. If you sow nothing, you get nothing. If you give something, you give back. If all you sow is discord, Proverbs says that. If you sow discord, you get a mess. What do I mean? If you go around talking about all the people in your, in your, in your office... Come on, somebody. And then, and, then, and then be nice to their face, but behind their back, you're you know, talking about Jim, and you're talking about Bob. And then when you go and see Jim and Bob, you're talking about Sue, and you're talking about Clarice. I don't know. I'm just coming up with names. Is anybody even named Clarice anymore? I don't know. But, you you know, when you do that, you're sowing discord. Well, what are you going to reap? Somebody's going to be talking about you. Come on, y'all. Come on now. We, you've seen it. This is what happens. This is real life. And, and, and so we, we live in a world where when you sow something, you reap something. What does God allow? He allows consequences to our actions. He allows repercussions to our actions. Listen to me. If you go out and you steal something and you get caught, you're going to jail. There's a consequence. Now, did God make you steal? Did God make you become a thief? 
His word says not to thief. Why would he why would he cause you to do that? But this is what happened. Oh, well, God wanted you to go to jail so you can witness to that guy in jail. Well, maybe we just need to start a jail ministry and you go and you stay saved and don't steal anything and go and witness to the guy in jail. But this is what happens, right? Now listen, if you ate a whole bunch of food, and every day you ate and you never worked out and you got overweight and there were repercussions to being overweight, maybe the doctor said, listen, you're getting a little overweight, you need to calm down this, that, and the other because there's repercussions. Did God cause you to eat, overeat? No. How about this? If you, have a, if you get a credit card, if you take out too many loans, if you take that credit card and you charge it and charge it and charge it and charge it and never, ever pay the bill, what happens? <laughs> Eventually, you would go to jail. Uh, at least, at a minimum, your credit score is ruined, right? You're going to be in debt for the rest of your life because it's hard to ever come up. I mean, these are things. And you need a miracle for God to bail you out of a situation like that. I got into a lot of debt in college. God... Oh, man, I'm so thankful. God performed a miracle in my life. His word is true. That's why I believe so much about giving, because I saw it. I was a giver before college. In college, I, I, I just signed up for every loan I could. I wanted to be involved in school. I didn't want to work. I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I did loans. I did credit cards. I did whatever to get by, baby. I mean, we was having fun in college. Well, about my junior year, I started getting phone calls. Because I, I'd forgotten about some credit cards. Some of them I'd signed up for in my freshman year and just forgot about. I'm serious. I know that sounds crazy, but I was reckless with this. Those were consequences. God didn't cause me to do that. I had to cry to him for help. I had to go back to his word. What did his word say? Give, and it will be given back to you. And I began to get my life back on track, first and foremost, with a relationship with him. And then I began to obey his word. I got back in his house. I'm... I continued to build a relationship with him, and I gave. And as I gave, God blessed me. And within a year out of college, my debt was turned around, my credit score was back, and I bought a house uh, 13 months after graduating from college. Now that's God. There's a consequence to my bad actions and a consequence to my good ones. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't call that a consequence. I would call that an outcome, number two, outcome. Number one, consequence. Number two, outcome. See, I had a consequence in college, but then afterwards I had an outcome. Well, how does that work? Because Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says to bring all the tithes into the storehouse, which brings me to number three. He allows proofs. So God allows outcomes. He allows consequences. And he permits proofs. What's a proof? Well, that, that is an opportunity for us to see God's word come true in our life. Malachi chapter 3. Can you put that up for me, buddy? Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. He says to bring all the tithes to the storehouse. Y'all see that? That there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. Well, why are we trying? So that he can prove to you. So that he can prove to you. So that he can say, look, my word is always true. You know what, you know what else his Bible says? That his word never, ever returns void. In John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and then the Word became flesh. See, Jesus is the Word, God is His Word, His Word is true. If we want to know Him, we need to know His Word. What does His Word say? Try me. Try me. You ever had somebody say that? Try me. I remember doing that to a kid. I'm going to tell you all a story. This is, this is back when I was a heathen now, okay? I don't know if I was a heathen or not, I was a kid. I think I was just being a kid. But I had this kid, his name was Josh. Not like Joshua, my kid. I just realized it's the 
same name. My kid is a golden child. He's not going to be like this kid. But this kid's name is Josh. And so um, um, he would just get on my nerves. And I, he, I let it bother me. And so because I showed that it bothered me, he continued to get on my nerves. You know what I'm talking about? And he would do this thing, you know, when you walk single file line? And he would, he would get behind me. I would try to get where he wasn't behind me. And he would move around. He would snake around in the line and get behind me and step on my heels. Oh, man. Oh, he would just drive me nuts. Stop it, Josh. Stop it, Josh. This was every day. Finally, I told him, Josh, you keep doing that. And I'm going to show you. He, of course, said, yeah, right, whatever. So I walked in the classroom. He did it. He did it all the way back to the classroom. And I grabbed the first. I shouldn't even tell you all this. I grabbed the first desk I could find. And I slid it across the room and pinned him up against the wall with the desk. Now, of course, I went to the principal's room. I got suspended and got in trouble. There was a consequence. But I also proved to him, guess what? He didn't step on my heels anymore. And I didn't throw a desk anymore because there was a proof and a consequence. So the same thing happens with our relationship with God. He gives us an opportunity to obey his word, to be willing and obedient, and he'll prove his word to us. He'll prove it. He'll prove it over and over again. He'll say, listen, let me show you just how good I am. But many times we give up before the proof. Come on, somebody. We'll give up before the proof. We, we don't want to actually, you know, hey, listen, um, I don't see it, so I can't walk by faith. No, we walk by faith, and eventually we see the proof. Amen. See, faith comes before, you understand? Faith is the first step. Faith is the first, the first, the priority. We do that, and then he proves his word to us. He proves his word to us. What else does he do? He gives us answers. He gives us answers. You know, Psalms 37, 23. You guys, I'm going to hit a bunch of verses. Just try to hang with me. Psalms 20, 37, 23. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man or a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. There's an outcome when we serve God. There's a proof and there's an answer. 1 Peter 3, 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open. Say this when we say, God's ears are open. Y'all see that? I didn't say it. God said it. First Peter 3, 12. His ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. His ears are open. Thank God. He's a God of answers. He's a God of listening. He's not just a, a, a dead idol thing that I worship. No, he is a living God. He's living inside of you. He's living inside of me. He is for me, not against me. He is for you, not against you. And he has answers for you. Well, God, I need answers. Well, wait on his answers. Wait on his answers. What are you looking for? What does God permit? He permits answers. He promotes answers. He provides answers. He's a God who hears you and answers you. Look at 1 John 5.15. I love this verse. 1 John 5.15. And if we know that he hears us. So 1 Peter tells me that he hears us. And 1 John says, listen, since you know that he hears you, whatever you ask. Say that with me. Say, whatever I ask. Come on, y'all. Y'all yell it out. Say, whatever I ask. That we know that the that we have the petitions we have asked of him. Whatever you ask, you know, you can know, you can have the faith that I have an answered prayer. But Pastor JT, I don't see it. What well, are you walking by sight or are you walking by faith? What are you walking by? Because if we're walking by faith, then when I pray, when I ask. 
I know that he hears me and I know I have the answers. God is a God. Yes, he's a God of consequences. Maybe you had some consequences. Maybe you had some outcomes. Maybe you had some things come. And God is saying, listen, if you just ask me, if you just ask me, well, maybe I feel bad because I didn't ask him the first time. Well, did he say, don't ask him the second time? Because I can't find that scripture. I've never found that one that says, oh, well, you messed up the first time. Don't ask me again. Now, I've told my, ch- my children that. How many of y'all ever told your children, don't ask me again? Don't, don't you. Miss <laughs> Carmen's laughing. Y'all know what I'm, Don't you ask me again. This is like the, the parenting sermon today. I don't know why I've got so many parenting analogies. God doesn't say that. Don't ask me. He says, ask me. You have not because you asked not. Ask me. Okay, you messed up and you had a consequence. Okay, you messed Then ask him for that way out. You don't think I, I just told you the story that I did in college. God showed me the way out. And he reminded me of what I learned as a kid about giving and said, if you give, I promise you. I had no, I thought that it would be years before I was debt free. Actually, I wasn't entirely debt free, but I'm talking about miraculous levels of debt came off in 13 months. So much so that my credit score, I think it was like almost 200 points in 13 months. He, he showed me, he was so good. God was so good. He showed me that there was a lien on my name, on my credit score that wasn't even mine. That was affecting my credit score. Things like that that I didn't even know. And God showed me because he has answers. He has answers for you. He has an answer. Whatever your situation is, whatever your story is, whatever your question is, God has an answer. Say that with me. Say, whatever my question, God has an answer. Number five, fulfillments. Fulfillments. So number one, consequences. Number two, outcomes. Number three, proofs. Number four, answers. I hope you're writing these down. These are things that God permits, things that God allows. God allows answers. He allows consequences. He allows proofs. He allows outcomes. And number five, he allows fulfillment. Proverbs 13, 15. Good understanding, give favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Proverbs 13, 15. Proverbs 13, 15 says the way of the transgressor is hard. God will fulfill on both sides of the coin. Obviously, a lot of these are very similar consequences and outcomes and fulfillments. But I want you to grasp this, that God will fulfill his word. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, give and it shall be given. I like verses that say shall. That's a strong word. Say that when you say shall. shall. I know that's not common. You don't go around at your workplace and say, shall I help you today? But shall is a strong word. Because if someone says shall, or in God's word, when it says he shall, give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be given to you. That's Luke 6, 38. There's a fulfillment that comes. How about this one? Isaiah says that the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. They will eat the good of the land. When you're willing and you're obedient, there's a fulfillment that comes. There's a fulfillment that comes when, see, I'm fulfilled in knowing God's word. I'm fulfilled in knowing that when I do what his word says, it comes to pass. Whatever whatever it it says is going to come to pass. He fulfills his word every time. Number six, and I'm going to kind of go through these. You know what? Number six is this, results and earning. 
I'm going to just put these together. Results or earning. In other words, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Y'all see that? Romans 6.23, if you can put it on the screen. For the wages of sin is death. I hit on this a little bit Wednesday night. Man, our Wednesday night services have been great. And he, he says in here that the wages of sin is death. Now, I want to, to clarify death here. Because, of course, when we see the word death, it does literally mean death. But there's multiple meanings. And in many places in Scripture, we see that where there's a word that has multiple layers of meaning. Death, throughout the Bible, and the words used here to describe death, mean this. Literally, separation from God. Now, I can't imagine... I can't imagine a life without God. But that's what they that's what hell is, literally, is, is, is a place. Can y'all imagine? I mean, think about how bad this world is right now. With, a, with, with millions of people who don't know Jesus, who aren't sharing the love of Jesus, and our job is to share it to them, and the world is going to mess, it looks like. But we at least have hope. I have hope. I wake up every day and I have hope. I have God's word. I have his love. I can carry his love with me because God is with me and in me. His spirit is in me, right? Can you imagine a place without hope, without love? That's what hell is. Separation from God. Entire separation from God. Entire separation. I mean, I, I, was, I was with him and then I'm not. And there is no, there is no going back. There is no God. There is no hope. There is no love. The wages of sin is a separation from God. All right, now, ultimately that could mean hell, but, but, but just simply put, when you sin, you put something between you and God. You put something between you and God. We mustn't do that. Obviously, when we do, because none of us are perfect, you know, the Bible says that all have sinned. How many of y'all know that? All of us have sinned. All of us have blown it. All of us have messed it up. So what do we do? We repent. Let me, let me read the, let me say the full scripture. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But his word also says that God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Can y'all say that with me? Say, God is faithful to forgive me. Okay, so here's the thing. There's results. Well, what are the results? If I sin, I'm separated from God. But if I ask God to forgive me, what are the results? I'm forgiven. Praise God. I, 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 man, I tell you what, I, that gets me excited. Because I know that when I blow it, God will fix it. Amen. When I mess up, God will fix it. I don't live. See, grace wasn't provided so that I can live in the mess up. Come on. Come on, sometimes we think that, right? Like, you know, grace is provided, I'll just live by grace. But no, we're supposed to live by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. See, salvation was provided by grace. God, grace, graciously, by His grace, He gave us salvation. Y'all hear me? How do you receive it? By faith. So what if everything we receive is by faith. When I ask God to forgive me, that's by faith. By faith... I walk in his forgiveness. The results of me sinning is separation from God, but the results of me asking him to forgive him is I get to walk with him. Praise God. That means that I don't have to live and stay in one result. This is what God permits. You know what my last point is? If you hadn't picked up on it, God gives us free will. God gives us 
free. He permits us to make our own decisions. He allows us. He has provided a world where we have free will. John 7, 17. Make sure you put this on the screen because this is probably the most important scripture today. Anyone who wants to do the will of God. You see that? Anyone who wants to. That means that you cannot want to. That you have the option to not. You can make the decision to not. But we know and we should make the decision to do the will of God. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. See, Jesus was saying here, when you serve God, this is also could have gone with the proof point. I'll prove to you. When you do the will of God, you've got the free will to do it. You don't have to do it, but when you do it, man, these aren't just my words, these are God's words. Jesus was giving us instruction. God does not try our faith. Or excuse me, God does not tempt us. Our faith is tempted, but God does not tempt us. How do you know that? James 1.13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Let no one say when he is tempted, you see that? I am tempted by God. See, it's important for us to know, when we're tempted, who does the tempting? The devil. Who tempted Jesus? The devil. He himself got tempted. How did he combat the devil? With the word of God. See, let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor, catch this, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So what do we go through? When the Bible talks about trials and all that, well, we face the world, the flesh, and the devil. We face the world we live in. Sometimes there's storms. Sometimes there's coronavirus. Sometimes things develop and they spread, and we live in a world that does that. Sometimes it's our flesh. It's our doing. We make decisions, and there are consequences. There are outcomes. There are things that happen. Sometimes it's the devil, and he comes and he tempts us. But we have to be careful to never give God credit for what the devil's doing. Come on, church. We have to not give the devil or not give God credit for what the devil's doing. We give God credit for, what does his word say? Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the heavens above, from the Father of heavenly lights. You know what that's that verse says? That he doesn't change like shifting shadows. How many of y'all ever watched this shadow right here? Y'all see the shadow on the wall? It moves constantly. If that light were to move, if that light was sunlight, it is constantly moving because the world is moving, which means that shadow is never the same. Well, listen to me. God is not a shadow. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is for you. He is not tempting you. He's not trying to drag you down. He's trying to pick you up. He's trying to lift you higher. He is setting you on high with him. That is who God is and what he does. Amen? anybody tell you otherwise. Don't, don't listen to the, the uh, listen, I know there's some great preachers out there that I love to hear and they all, I should say they all, there's a bunch of them out there that say this junk. I don't get it. I don't know where they got it because it's pretty plain to me. I've read, I've read God's word. It's pretty plain to me. God's good. I think that they don't know how to explain it and they like people, they like to, 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 to cope with people and so they say things that they think people want to hear instead of just saying the word of God. I'm not trying to talk about anybody. I will never talk about a man of God. What I'm saying is, is that I follow his word, not a man. Amen. Fair enough? And so when they're preaching what I've discerned from the word of God, I follow that. Otherwise, I might turn them off for a minute and come back later. Come on. Amen. We know God. This is what am I trying to say? What is my point today? We know God by his word. 
We see God by His Word, and we know Him by His Word. The Holy Spirit leads us and speaks to us, speaks to us in line with His Word. How do we know God? By His Word. The Word became flesh, and He gave us His Word on everything, and He always follows His Word. I would write that down. If you were going to take a quote today and put it out on social media, I would do it. Listen to me. He gave us his word on everything, and he always, he always follows his word. He always follows his word. God always follows his word. If there's ever a question about whether God told you something or not, does it line up with his word? If there's ever a question, if there's ever a worry, when it, God, is God putting me through this? Is God doing this to me? Well, what does his word say? Because if his word said he's going to supply all of your needs, why would he put you in a situation that takes your needs away from you? He doesn't, and he didn't. Brother Andre, I'm wrapping up if you want to come for a little something behind me. I'm telling you, this morning, God is for you, and he is not against you. And I know you know that, but I want you to have your words line up with that belief. Fair enough? I want you to talk that way. I want you to speak that way, because the Bible tells us that life and death are in the power of your tongue. So we can't speak things that, that contradict what we believe. So if I believe God is for me, then I'm not going to say things anymore that contradict that. Fair enough? I'm not going to walk in a way that contradicts that. No, I know God is for me. I know he is with me. I know that every time that I walk out of my door, that if I take the word of God with me, that's my shield, and I take, oh man, if I take the armor of God with me, and I go out, nothing can stop me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. That God is fighting my battles for me. Come on, somebody. I know that because I know his word. And I'm living and walking by faith. Come on, y'all lift your hands and just thank him for it. Y'all can stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet right there. I'll tell you what, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited because that word has been, I actually thought I was going to go a different way. And God kept reminding me of this and putting it on my heart. And as I began to put it on paper and, 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 and pray about this, so much began bubbling up inside of me because I know that my God, oh man, my God is for me and not against me. I, there's nothing better. I Listen, I know you're for me and I appreciate that. I know my wife loves me and she'll never leave me and I appreciate that. But there is nothing like knowing the God of the heavens that created this world is for me. Man, he is with me. He is walking with me. Man, he is on my side. He's on my team, baby. Woo! Why are you so excited? Because I, I'm unstoppable if I know that. I'm unstoppable if I know that. I can't, I, there's nothing that can hold me back because God is on my team, baby. I got the best quarterback in the league. You know what I'm saying? He's the quarterback, running back, front line, center. He's everything, baby. And he's on my team. I don't know what team they got out there. But God is on your team. I don't know what kind of team that person is against you. I don't know what team they're on, but God is on your team. God is on your side. If you're in this room or you're watching me online and you know that I'm not right with God, maybe I don't know God at all, I don't have a relationship with Him and I want one, I want to pray with you today. If you're in this room or you're watching me online, you've had a relationship with God before, but you've stepped away, you've walked away, and you need to make things right, you need to reconvince your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. In this room, if every head will bow, every eye closed, if you're one of those two people, just so that I can pray with you and I can know, 
um, who you are, not to embarrass you, but so that I can be a part of that with you. Will you raise your hand? If you're online and that's you, I want you to write us and let us know. You can put the comments there on YouTube or you can send us a direct message or you can email us Columbia at fwcchurches.com Let us know. Listen, I want to pray with you. If you're at home, you're watching this, pray with me. If you're listening to this podcast and you need to make things right, pray with me. Everybody in this room, I ask you to pray this out loud with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. Because today is a new day. Today, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I believe that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross for my sins and my healing. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. He's alive today and he's alive forevermore. He's in heaven today advocating for me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and make your home in me. I commit my life to you. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins and cleansing me of all my unrighteousness. In Jesus' name. Say it again. Say in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give God a praise, will you?